want to take you to the book of Daniel in the Bible, where a story unfolds that is one of the biggest significant acts of faith that personally resonates with me. In Babylon's religious culture, statues were frequently worshipped as gods. And the king of Babylon at the time, Nebuchadnezzar, had a dream of a statue which turns out only Daniel could interpret. The statue in Nebuchadnezzar's dream had a head of gold, which represented his reign and his kingdom. However, the rest of the body was made into different materials with different meanings of other kingdoms that will come after his. This was revealed to him by Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar was not particularly happy about um, the thought of his kingdom coming to an eventual end and he decided to have the statue he has seen in his dream made of solid gold, not only the head as it was in his dream. And by doing so, he wanted his kingdom to last forever. Nebuchadnezzar hoped to use this huge image of almost 30 meters high as part of his strategy to centralize worship in order to unite the nation and solidify his power. When he made the statue, Nebuchadnezzar showed that his devotion to Daniel's God was short-lived. He neither feared nor obeyed the God who was behind the dream. Once the statue was completed, Nebuchadnezzar had sent a command to gather all the princes, the governors, the, the captains and the judges, the counselors, the sheriffs and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the statue. This must have been quite an event. And once they were all gathered, they all stood in front of the statue. And in this crowd, there were three Jewish men that the king has set over the affairs of Babylon. They were called Sadrach, Meshach and Abednego, and they were Daniel's friends. As they stood there, an announcement was made that, um, that the moment that they hear the sound of musical instruments, they must all fall down and worship the golden image that the king has set up. The music sounded and everybody bowed down except these three Jewish men. When the king's magicians saw that the three men were still standing, they started to loudly accuse them of defying the orders of the king. Nebuchadnezzar got irritated and told them that if they do not bow down, they will surely be thrown into the fiery furnace. The three men answered that they will not bow down and that the God they serve will save them from the fiery furnace, but that they will not bow down to the statue. The king's irritation switched to full-blown rage and he ordered the furnace to be made seven times hotter than before. He then commanded the most mighty men to bind Sadrach, Meshach and Abednego and cast them into the, the fiery furnace. Now when you picture this and you put yourself into this scenario, you have to start asking yourself if you would have been able to do the same. You stand there, everybody around you is conforming to something that you know is wrong, yet you face imminent death if you should defy the order and don't participate. Peer pressure and the ultimate threat against you. Can it get any more extreme than this? 
Is your faith strong enough to act the same as these three men, or would you have conformed by trying to justify it by using one of these excuses? Maybe uh, we will bow down, but we won't actually worship the idol. Or we won't become idol worshippers, but we will worship this image um, this one time, and then we will ask God for forgiveness. Or because the king had absolute power and now we must obey him and God will understand. Or the fact that the king has appointed them into uh, powerful positions, so now they, they owe him. They, they now owe the king to bow down to this image. Babylon was also foreign ground for Jews. So because this land was foreign, so, so now because they are following the customs of the land, so God will excuse it. Or maybe they, they could have done it and said, but ugh, we can do it and it's not going to hurt anybody. And and maybe maybe they also thought to themselves, well, if we're getting ourselves killed here, the, the, the pagans would have taken their positions um, and then they wouldn't have, been, wouldn't have been able to help their people. Although all these excuses sound sensible at first, they are dangerous rationalizations. To bow before the image would violate God's command in Exodus 20 verse 3 that says, Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. It would also have erased the men's testimony for God forever. Because never again could they have talked about the power of God in their lives, about, like above all the other gods. What excuses do, do we have for not standing up for God? Sadrach, Mesach and Abednego were ordered to deny God, but they chose to be faithful to him no matter what happened. They were confident that God would deliver them, but they were determined to be faithful regardless of the consequences, even if it threatened their personal safety. Now, once the men bound the hands of the three men, they were thrown into the furnace. And because of the king's command to make the furnace seven times hotter than before, the heat of the furnace killed the mighty men that had thrown the three men into the furnace. Can you imagine that? Once, of the, once the three men were inside, Nebuchadnezzar peeked inside and he saw four, not three men, walking in the midst of the fire. So just imagine, the heat of this furnace is so overwhelming that the mighty men that had to throw these three men into it actually died of the heat exposure. So now Nebuchadnezzar is peeking in and he's seeing four, not three men, walking inside the fire. He was so confused and he asked his advisors if it was not three instead of four men that was thrown into the fire. And they all agreed and said, yeah, it was only three men that they saw. And, but now they all saw a fourth per person walking with them. The king then spoke into the fire and commanded Sadrach, Mesach and Abednego to step out of the fire. The three men came walking out and all of the crowd saw them untouched by fire. Not their clothes or their hair was touched or even the smell of fire was on them. It was obvious to those watching that this fourth person was supernatural. We cannot be certain who the fourth man was. It could have been an angel from God or a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus. In either case, God sent an heavenly visitor to accompany these faithful men during their time of great trial. 
These young men had been completely untouched by fire and heat. Apparently only the robes that bound them had been burned. Nothing can bind us if God wants us to be free. And the power that delivered Sadrach, Mesach and Abednego and raised Christ from the dead is available to us too. Trust God in every situation. There are eternal reasons for temporary trials. So be thankful that your future is in God's hands and not human hands. And remember that miracles still occur today. Too often we dismiss God's work in our lives as coincidence or we give credit to to the human minds. Look for ways that God protects his people supernaturally and you will be amazed. Then let your amazement motivate you to follow God with greater conviction and courage. No matter your trial, may it be big or small, may you have been in it for a day or for a year or a lifetime. Keep your eyes on the Lord, obey His commands, keep the faith, because your trial will turn into the biggest testimony of your life.